Tales of War Chapter 1 Captives and Caravans Cadian was pacing. He never paced. He was well composed, calm, steady. That's who he was, who the light had made him. Even in combat, as his shield slammed into his foes and holy fire raged under his feet, he was in control. The past week, however, had all led to this meeting. Even though Gahoon had been slain and Uldir was cleansed, the blood troll still occupied large portions of Nazmir. The Sandalari had finally started a counterattack on the northern region, but the natives of the swamp simply had a better knowledge of the terrain and thus still retained control of their strongholds. Cadian was part of the horde forces supporting the Sandalari, and a week ago he had happened upon a blood troll scout on his patrol. Instead of ending him on the spot and purging him from the foul blood magic coursing through him, Cadian had pinned the troll to a tree and reasoned with him. The light had given him the words to say, and with its aid, the troll had listened. Throughout the week, they had kept meeting, and each time the troll, Taizu, took a step closer to leaving the blood trolls. Not only would it be a huge tactical advantage to have someone who was so intertwined in the dealings of the blood trolls, it would also mean that Taizu could be saved. Cadian regarded the second as a bigger victory. Their meeting today was going to be the day Taisu joined the Blood Elf back to the Horde encampment, so Cadian was pacing. In the stride of his 34th lap around the tree they were to meet at, Cadian heard shuffling coming from a bush nearby. Taisu, is that you? The paladin stopped dead in his tracks as he asked. Looking at the bush where the shuffling was coming from, he expected Taisu's head to pop out any second to greet him. After a few moments, it did, but not as Cadian had expected it. It quite literally popped out of the bush, only to land a few feet from his feet. A second later, a tall, fully war-painted female blood troll followed the head out of the bush and stood in front of Cadian. Stunned, the blood elf simply stared at the female as disgust filled him. She had dishonored his friend in a most distasteful way. Poor Taizu! The brain of his was far too small for his big head. The blood troll smiled wickedly as she swayed on the spot. He thought to be a way to change his way, but there'd be no way to leave the... Cadian wasn't going to stand there and listen to her. With two quick strides forward, he focused his might into his shield and the light blessed his advance. A holy reflection of his shield shot forward and was completely absorbed by the war-painted troll's body. She gasped and staggered backwards, just as Cadian reached her. He smashed his shield into her body, this time with his own strength, pushing her halfway back into the bush. Will you not let me finish my message? The troll managed to gasp. She seemed truly astounded. Once again, the paladin ignored her and instead knocked her out with his plated fist. As she went limp, Cadian straightened up, letting her glide off the bush to land flat on the ground. Blood trolls, far too dramatic for their own good, he simply stated before lifting the surprisingly heavy troll onto his shoulder. He had lost a friend, but the war effort would still benefit immensely from a prisoner like this. That would have to do. Doom will come for you all! That was the third of the sentences that the blood troll kept repeating. 
The other two were, "The blood will conquer this land," and "I will reveal nothing." Minlawi, the troll guard who was with Cadian in the makeshift prison tent, had looked over after the captive blood troll had repeated these three sentences twice, and commented on how the prisoner had in fact revealed something: that doom will come and that blood will conquer. She had said it loud enough so that the captive could hear it as well as detect the sarcasm in her voice. Now, after the fifth repetition, Minlawi spoke up again. Enough already! We know that you're insane. Do you have to make us crazy as well? The sarcastic note was not there anymore. It had been replaced with irritation, which of course gave much pleasure to the blood troll, who was now grinning viciously. Cadian motioned for Minlawi to calm down. And took a step towards the captive. The feelings that had made him pace so restlessly in the marsh had now left him, and he had returned to his normal self, calm, steady. For the past two weeks, you and your band of blood worshippers have become more aggressive. You leave your camps, attempting to raid Sandalari holdouts and pushing even all the way into Suldasar. Kidian took yet another step towards the blood troop. Earlier, when you so tastefully returned my friend to me, you asked if I would not let you finish your message. Would you like to finish it now? The prisoner's grin had lingered through the mentioning of Taizu, but promptly disappeared at the mention of her defeat in the marsh. She kept quiet, but held Cadian's gaze. I suppose your message could simply have been that doom will come and that blood will conquer. The blood elf continued. But that would have been quite the waste of resources. Sending a capable war matron like yourself only to convey what Horde and Sandalari forces hear daily. There must be something more. The blood troll still said nothing. Cadian started to walk around the prisoner, who was tied to the wooden post in the middle of the tent, so that he came to stand behind her. We have also noticed that you have been stealing rations, food, water, clothes. Surely you must know that we have a nearly endless supply of all these things from the Saralor. So I wonder, are your supplies running low? The blood troll, no longer able to glare at Cadian, was moving her head from side to side. Her mouth was twitching, and it seemed like she was having a debate in her mind if she should speak up or not. It was actually not entirely unlikely that there was an actual debate between different voices in her mind, infected by blood magic as she was. In the end, the one side of the debate won, and she spoke up. There be a gnome wreaking havoc among our ranks. We can't catch him. Cadian and his troll companion looked at each other. A gnome. Strick couldn't stop smiling. Many had tried to label it. Some said that it was the result of compulsive thoughts. Others thought it was an illness. No matter the reason, the fact remained that Strick Flunkblast simply couldn't stop smiling. There were, of course, moments when other emotions overtook him, such as amazement or confusion. But the smile always seemed to quickly retake its place on the gnome's face. It was a part of him, and Strick was never found without it if he could help it. At this moment, Strick's radiant smile was shining upon the northernmost part of the dead husk of the once great turtle Loa Torga. Strick didn't really know or care much about Loas, 
but he had heard one of the wandering Tortolans speak about Torga and had found it quite fascinating. A storytelling god! The gnome had exclaimed. Get out of the way, Hilloon and all you old gods! This is the new top god! The Tortolan hadn't appreciated that, since at that very moment the Great Loa only retained a fragment of its full greatness. Strick, of course, wasn't aware of the fact that Torga had been slain and had reincarnated into a new form. But even if he had, his response wouldn't have been very different. Now, Strick was looking out over Torga's rest and the groups of blood trolls that were congregating around the shell of the Loa. Even though it had now been months since the blood fanatics had slain Torga, they still came back to sieve in the remains for some sort of power. Strick assumed that the reason that their efforts had now been increased was because they no longer had their precious blood god to rely on. It's always the same with fanatics, Strick thought. As soon as their great leader disappears, they look for other sources to draw from. Look at the Twilight Hammer, how many gods have they worshipped? As always, Strick's smile became even bigger when he thought of the Twilight Hammer, and he snickered to himself. He had always considered them as quite the odd bunch. Today, the gnome had waited for a while, longer than usual. This morning, he had found a good vantage point, where he could clearly see the forces of the blood trolls as well as the travel route that they used. They had only kept coming, more and more trolls to use as workers, and Strick was almost starting to think that what he was waiting for wouldn't come. But of course, it eventually did. In the early afternoon, the caravan of supplies came down the travel route. No matter how cruel you are to your workers, you have to feed them if you want them to survive. Strick put away his glass and the bottle of Dalaran Noir he had been sipping throughout the day, and stood up from his hideout. His eyes sparkled, and his smile turned into a wicked grin. It was time to wreak some havoc. Why tell us this? Why would we care that your supply caravans are being destroyed? In all honesty, Hearing it brings a smile to my face. No more smiling, the war matron flashed her teeth in a growl. All the survivors speak of is that big smile. Cadian ignored her outburst and retook his position next to Minlawi. Why are you telling us this? The paladin repeated. I thought it'd be obvious. Alliance here in Nasmir? That'd be a problem for the whole, no? Cadian did not like it but he had to admit that she was right. It was not the first sighting of Alliance in the area, far from it, but it was troublesome that this blood troll had sought out the horde because of a gnome. It meant that there must be an increase in the Alliance's presence in Nasmir. The fact that this gnome had been sabotaging the blood trolls was good news in itself, but having more Alliance forces this close to Dasara lore was not a good thing. The captive blood troll seemed to understand this thought process and was once again grinning wickedly at Cadian. He met her gaze, steadily, and nodded at her. As he began to leave the tent, the blood troll started laughing, a cackling and victorious laughter. A second later, Minlawi's voice could be heard, trying to silence the prisoner, without much success. Trying to form a plan or direction for his next step, Cadian searched the Suljan ruins for the commander of the Horde expedition. This was something that he knew had to be dealt with quickly, but he was aware that the guerrilla war in Nasmir already had many fronts. In order to get this off the ground quickly, he would have to gain the attention of the commander. 
Unsurprisingly, the commander was already surrounded by individuals of various rank when Cadian found him. A quick glance informed the Blood Elf that none of the gathered outranked him to the extent that they would have to wait his turn. Thus, he unceremoniously walked up to the commander. Commander Cromwell! The Forsaken commander turned his head towards Cadian. As with most Forsaken, it was hard to read his expressions, so Cadian continued. I request permission to assemble a small strike team and head for Torgus Rest. There is a gnome to hunt. <laughs> As with most Forsaken, the amused, guttural laughter that followed was not hard to read. This was Tales of War, a Warcraft audio drama. Thank you for listening.